What's going on, guys? My name is Tucker Bierman, owner and operator of Refine Talent Design. Here on the Refining Exchange podcast, we're going to discuss some of the pillars of leadership and how that impacts and plays a part in your faith, family, business, and your personal life. So let's get into it. All right. Excited day. Excited to kick this off again. The Refining Exchange kind of circle in the wagons and wanted to start a new series with you specifically as we got a lot of cool and exciting feedback from from your conversation where you got to tell kind of your story on leadership, AG, entrepreneurship and stuff. So we're starting a three-part series, leadership series, and we're going to build off of that. So the first part that just wanted to kind of jump into when it comes to leadership and right leadership, I don't want to stay stuck in just, um, hey, leadership, my people, my team, like leadership spans through our relationships with our, our significant others, our children, leadership of ourselves. So we're going to have a lot of those conversations and, and unpack some of that. So for the first episode, talking about building trust as a pillar or a building block of leadership, share with me what, did that, what that means to you right off the bat, building trust. Yeah. So first of all, just whoever's listening, you know, your, your audience in Wilmington or my buddies in, in the greater Cincinnati area. One of the things that I love about our industry, Tucker, is that like we listen to, are inspired by and learn from people that are like in the fight. Mm-hmm. And so the first thing, like teeing this up, this conversation is, you know, one of the things I, I'd love to talk to you about is another leader that's like, in the front line of the battle. And so I think we can learn from everybody, but I personally love to learn from people that are like on the front line that are, that are engaged in leadership versus having theories or perceptions, or I get mentored by an 85 year old guy for the apprenticeship program, as you know, Tuck. And, but he's not, he's not in the game of leading organizations anymore. So I get tons of wisdom and insight from him. But I get different insight from guys and gals that are on the front line of the battle. So I think that's kind of like teeing it up is like, you know, for your network of, of leaders and my network of leaders is like, man, our friends are like, they're in the front line of the battle. So I want to, that doesn't mean that we know, that doesn't mean we know the right way to do things. It just means that we're engaged in the battle and we're sharing what we're actually doing, which I find very inspiring. So. Using that as kind of the backdrop, and you obviously grew up related to me and in my family, but you also had an opportunity to meet Kelly, that is my wife. And I remember, as it relates to trust, it was early, early in our marriage. I don't know, you know, the girls, Molly and Ellie were, your sisters were, you know, probably eight and 10, somewhere at when, when this conversation took place. They were a lot younger when we got married, but I remember Ellie or Molly, I can't remember which one, said to Kelly something like, you know, did you always trust Jerry? Did you, did, did you trust him? And Kelly said to them, she said, you know, he never gave me a reason not to trust him. And man, I, I mean, that was, that was encouraging, right? I'd love to hear that, but it really made me like reflect on, gosh, I mean, not everybody in my life would say that about me, Tuck, but my wife, who's really important, I would hope my leaders, my team, my customers would say that. But, you know, if, if, if I'm looking for other people to encourage me that I'm trustworthy, those are the type of comments you want to hear, right? You want to hear, you want to hear customers, you want to hear clients, you want to hear coworkers, you want to hear your spouse, your kids, 
say things like, he's never, Tucker's never given me a reason not to trust him. Mm -hmm. That's really good. Well, and yeah, I guess to the flip side of that, like, we're probably not going to bat a hundred percent, right? We're going to slip up. We're going to, we're going to, you know, mess up here and there. Uh, so you got to circle the wagons on that, right? Apologize, get in front of it. Don't let that kind of become a trend and an incorrect course. But, but I really like that. I mean, kind of what comes out of us naturally as leaders, it has to be, you know what I mean? It has to be trustworthy. It has to be kind of leading with, with that and with consistency. And it all starts at home too. So it's really cool that, you know, Kelly speaks of, of you that way and, and just talking, having a lot of conversations with other people growing up with you myself, I would say you did a really good job of being trustworthy. Did you do everything that I wanted you to do? Absolutely not. And I think that's the crossroads in leadership, right? We get asked of, we get asked a lot of, of ourselves. We ask a lot of ourselves and, and people ask a lot of us. But I think another conversation that we have a lot is it's okay to say no. And in leadership and parenting, right, it's important that I tell Welsh, my daughter, no, versus, and I get caught, right? I get caught all the time from Haley, so I'm not perfect here. But, hey, if you eat your dinner, I will whatever, you know what I mean? And if that's not true, if that's not a truce, that's going to change who she thinks I am, right? And so in leader, in leadership at work, if I... Don't say, hey, no, this or, you know, yes, and I will follow through here. Then I can open up the door for, for disloyalty. Yeah. Well, and, and words matter, right? So if, if you said to me, conversely, you know, from Kel's comment, Ellie and Molly, if you said to me, Jerry, you're not trustworthy or Jerry, you're a liar, right? If you said that, man, it just even as I just, I threw up in my mouth as I just said that, it's like, man, that's like the worst thing that you could say about like, man, I, I don't want that to be true. And yet, if you think about this, it's pretty interesting. So again, referring, and I, and I could cite examples in business, but, but I think you're, I think the listeners will get the point. You know, Kel and I were on the way home from uh, lunch the other day on a Saturday. And she said to me, she said, Hey, would it be a problem if we stopped by the store and did blah, blah, blah. And I said to her, no, that wouldn't be a problem. But in my mind, I was like, frick, yeah, that's a problem. There's a game on. I want to watch. I mean, yeah, it's a, it's a big problem. And so as I was contemplating this podcast, I was thinking, man, I'm actually a liar too, right? So, you know, bear with me for a minute, right? So how many times do, does somebody say something to you? And I always tell my staff, and I probably told you guys growing up, Tucker, that the definition of lying is the intention to deceive, right? So, so if you use that with trust, like if you intend to deceive somebody, that's lacking trust. That's lacking honesty, right? That's lying. And yet, and yet I lie all the time. Mm. Like it, it, there's so many times that, you know, people ask me something and I'm like, no, that's not a problem. And I'm yeah. lying. It's a freaking problem. And so, but if I told the truth all the time, they'd think I'm a jackass, right? So if it was like, yeah, Ke I mean, you know, you know, Kel, like she's not going to listen to this podcast anyway, but like she'd be pissed. Like if I said, yeah, it's a problem. I'm going home to watch the game. She like, it would, it would not be a good afternoon. It would not oh. be. A, and, and, and go, go ahead. ahead. Okay. Well, I was going to say, I have a very similar story, but the opposite end, because Haley, my wife is also really in tune with that. 
And she's really in tune that I am a quote unquote liar when, you know, I'm trying like, hey, can we do something same side, same sort of story? So we had a conversation a couple months ago where it's like, hey, you know, I would rather you tell me the truth. I can handle that, right? Versus you not trusting me with the truth and then come to find out later you didn't want to go to whatever spot. So I tried this or have been trying to get better at this. And this this is the tough part about leadership because even though we're doing what is good, right, we're making changes to you know our philosophies or how we lead, it doesn't mean that that way is easy. Usually that way is harder. So we were leaving church. Common practice for us is, is brunch with the family after church on Sundays. And Haley said, you know, you know, once we got in the truck and kind of got separate from the from the pack, she said, hey, can we go to brunch? And I said, hey, if you really want to go to brunch, I'm happy to go, but I don't really want to go. And that upset her. And we had yeah. the conversation later and it was, it ended up being good and we got on the same page. So communication, right? So important. But that was a hard conversation to have, right? I don't want to go, but I will if, if it's important to you. And it was yeah. important. It was important to her. But yeah. it was also going back to the conversation we had months ago, it was important that I voiced that to her so we can get on the same page. Not a fun conversation, but really good for my leadership, right? And really good for our relationship because I honored her by telling her how I genuinely felt, but that I was willing to do that for her because it was important to her. Yeah. Well, and if you play that forward to clients as well, clients will say, hey, or a coworker will say, hey, would it be a problem if, or they'll say something. And again, you can choose to be forthcoming or you can choose, in my case, to lie sometimes. And so, but what's interesting about that, Tucker, is like, even though, even though, and I don't disagree with you, that'd be an interesting podcast of learning to be forthcoming and all and everything. But for the, for the context of today's podcast, I think the reality is that we will say things to our spouse, to customers that is not completely truthful. And yet people still will look at me as being somebody that's very trusting, right? And, and so it, I was thinking about this before the podcast. I'm like, wow, it's really interesting, isn't it? So it, like trust is kind of like a tipping point or a teeter-totter. Like as long as you are disproportionately forthcoming, the teeter-totter, right? You can't, the, your listeners can't see my hand, but you can see my hand. Like the teeter-totter is like disproportionately honest. And so when you say something to, to please somebody or acquiesce to somebody that's not completely forthcoming, not completely truthful, the teeter-totter doesn't automatically swing the other way. And so, you know, I've, I've thought about this and I talked to my staff about this before. It's like people that are liars, the teeter-totter goes the other way. It's like they just with, well, you know, you and I, I was brought up Catholic. So like little white lies type thing. So things that aren't big lies, they're just little lies that you get away with. And yet the teeter-totter doesn't go out of balance. And so I think it's important to like recognize words matter. And if your intention is to deceive, then you're in fact lying. And yet, you know, for your listeners, there's probably a lot of people out there like me that will be in situations where I'm like, I'm not completely forthcoming. And yet overall, people look at me as a very honest person. So I think that's one piece. The other piece that's bitten me in the butt in business before is 
and again, being a people pleaser or whatever, it's like I make commitments with my mouth that I don't always remember to follow through on. And so I had staff one day I was in a staff meeting and you guys know, Tuck, you know, I used to take my staff to Jeff Ruby's is one of the nicest steakhouses in Cincinnati. And I used to take, when I'd hire guys, I'd, especially young guys, I'd take them to Jeff Ruby's and I'd say, Hey, pay attention to everything, right? Pay attention to the, pay attention to the way that you're greeted, pay attention to the way the table looks, pay attention to the servers and the hostess and the food and the ambiance, pay attention to everything because we serve the affluent and that's how our customers are used to being uh, treated. And so I'd take, you know, we'd go and spend a lot of money and have a phenomenal meal. Like it was a win-win for me and the staff. And I said to our staff, this is, gosh, this is probably 10 years ago. I said, you know, just like, you know, I was talking to our whole staff. I was like, just like you guys, I've, I've taken you guys all to Jeff Ruby's. And one guy said, actually, you promised to, but you never did it. I was like, oh, shit. Oh, gosh, really? And that was the first of many situations that I was like, oh, my gosh, I made a commitment and didn't follow through on it. And so what I started hearing about me from coworkers that would quit or be pissed off is they wouldn't tell me directly, but they would tell other teammates, you know, Jerry's making commitments, but he doesn't follow through on his commitments. And so I heard that enough that I was like, holy crap, man, I got to write the ship. I got to. So what, so what I started doing is I used my calendar cause I'm a, you know, if I don't write it down, I don't remember it, Tucker. So what I started doing once a month on Fridays is I'd put in my calendar, we do, we do staff huddles on Mondays and Fridays from seven thirty to eight. And so one, one Friday a month, I would put in my calendar to address the staff and say, Hey, is there any promise I've made over the last 30 days that I've not followed through on? And that got me, that created an opportunity, a space, if you will, for me to kind of clear the air with my staff to say, hey, have I made any commitments this week that I've not honored? And then as I started hiring people, right, leaders, right? So I've got an integrator, your brother. I've got an ops guy, David Booz. I've got leaders like Steve and Mark. As I started hiring guys, I started saying to them, hey, one of your jobs is to make sure that that I follow through on all the commitments, right? So we all have journals. I'm like, when I'm addressing the staff, if I make a promise, like make sure that you confirm that promise and make damn sure you write it down to make sure that I follow through on it. Because I'll forget and I can't afford to have a reputation of somebody that's, that doesn't follow through on his commitments. And so I've empowered my leaders and you'll hear Dakota say it in staff meetings. He'll say, I'll get done. I'll be like, are there any questions? And Dakota will say, just to let, let me make sure I heard you correct. For Christmas, you're going to do this, this, and this for the staff. And I would say, yeah, yes, or I'd correct him. And then he'd write it down just to make damn sure anything I said was being followed through on. So again, your listeners might say, well, Jerry, why don't you just remember? Frick, man, I can't, I can't, I can't remember. So I, I got it. I need, I need a Google calendar and I need coworkers, leaders to ho help hold me accountable to promises that I'm making. That's good. Yeah. A couple of notes that I just kind of took down as you were talking. So the first thing, and I'll work my way backwards on this is culture, right? So I made it, I put up a post on Instagram today talking about culture. That's <clears throat> such an overused word is, you know, nullified just, just because it's so, you know what I mean? It's overused. So culture, right? Culture. Hey, I empower you to hold me accountable. And I had a staff meeting this morning of our own. And I said, 
hey, my job is to protect you, your time, because I'm going to ask a lot of you guys. I need you guys to ask a lot of me as well. And that's how we're going to kind of push our company forward. That's true culture. That's a good culture. Yeah. The other thing to, to affirm and tell a story of my own that I love about you that really helped me as I grew up to make sure that, you know, honesty, trustworthiness, right? We are um, loyalty. Those are all things that I learned from you directly. And you haven't spoken about it yet, but your mom, Meemaw, for me, she yeah. ingrained that in you is like, do what you say, follow through. To yeah. your point, we're busy. Parents are busy. Leader, business owners are busy. My staff's really busy right now. So yeah. busyness happens. How do yep. you make sure? The, one of my favorite stories about you is, is you told me one time and or I saw the sticky note. I'm not sure. You were on the phone with somebody and you're like, hey, I'm going to pray for you, right? And you wrote it down on a sticky note and put it on your desk. How many times do you hear, you know, hey, I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to do this oh, for you. Do this for you. Yeah. And it doesn't, it doesn't get seen, right? Because you go away and who knows if you ever did that other than you. Yeah. Yeah. Other than you. And yeah. so I loved that. And I do that myself now it is if I say I'm going to pray for somebody, I either pause my music, stop what I'm doing, or I write a note. And yeah. if it's something really big, I usually try to set a reminder to do it later just because like, hey, I want to put some intentionality into this. So anyways, that yeah. I got that from you and, and I've seen you do that multiple times, which is really cool. Yeah. Yeah. The last <laughs> thing, and there's so many layers to this, right? You got faith, you got family, you got business, both internal clients, you know, your internal team, and then you got your external clients. And then I group fitness into this as well, just because those are my big things I'm focused on right now. With your clients, the clients aspect to your business, I try to train our people. It's like, hey, set small, achievable goals yeah. yeah. and then follow through. How oh. easy, so this is in regards to building trust. How easy is it? You're like, hey, Jerry, I'm going to send you a text before the day's out. Yeah. And then you do it. Yeah. And then, hey, Jerry, I'm going to get you your estimate tomorrow. And then you do it. And then, hey, Jerry, I'm going to notify you on Friday right. for us, right? When, you're, when your order's arrived or it hasn't arrived, regardless, I'm going to reach out to you Friday, right? And so when we set these small, these are all small achievable things right? That you can hit. And I just had, before you even picked up your job, right? For refined tile sake, I've had three honored, three commitments that I made to you. And what does that mean to you as my client? And what does that mean to us, you know, possibly doing work together in the future? hundred yeah. percent. Yeah. Right? The work. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. We our project managers, you know, we'll say, and we'll help, we'll, we coach them on clarification. Like I'll call you by the end of the day. It's like, what, what the hell time is that? What, what time? Look at your watch and see end of the day. When is when is that? 1159 p.m. Like, what does that even mean? Like, specify. I'll call you by five o'clock. And then you better, better make dang sure that you put in your calendar at four o'clock. So you're exceeding expectations. Right. So you're right. As you're trying to build. So, I mean, it's, again, different podcasts, like trying to build trust from somebody that doesn't know you yet. You know, trying to accelerate trust is like how many, how, to your point, how many specific things can you make sh dang sure that you do in a row to honor your commitment where, you know, people will start trusting you. And it's not just you, it's your whole team, right? Yeah. So you, you, you guys, you got a big staff. We've got in subs and your, sub, your subs are part of the trust as well, right? So man, that yeah, this is, there's layers of, there's, there's, 
you know, we should probably do another one on, on restoring trust, but you're, yeah, you're right. Yeah. Just make notes, be organized, exceed expectations, excuse me, fall through on commitments. It's good stuff. It's good. It's yeah. good. Yeah. The, and the last thing I just want to kind of close this episode yeah. out on is Andy Stanley, awesome leader, respect, yeah. respected. He said something the other day, which I thought was really interesting, right? So uh, where do, he's asked the question, where do exceptional leaders lead themselves? And the answer he gave is they lead themselves towards what they value most, not what they want now. And that's, you know, relating to all of these aspects that we're discussing, right? They lead themselves towards what they value most, not what they want now. And so what we value and what we're trying to align are, are each other with, we listen to a lot of the same stuff. We're trying to build good teams, you know, our clients that are, we attract, right? What do, what do we, you know, what is, what, do, what is most important to us? And I think beyond the transactional side of, of, of business, right? You got to have clients, you got to make money, you got to pay the bills, you got to pay your employees wages. I think what we value most is trust, right? And I think it, that's why it's one of the most, most important building blocks of, of what we do as leaders, trust at home. Trust is work, trust in our faith, trust in fitness. So that's really good stuff. And, and thanks for taking the time. Just wanted to say thank you guys for listening in. We hope you enjoyed the podcast, got something from it, something tangible that you can take with you and apply right away. Um, we're looking forward to catching you on the next one.